Wow! I bet if God wore pants, he'd have a belt like that. This isn't a belt. It's a tactical pants retaining system. Check it out. Compass, matches, whistle, saw, panic button, squirrel snare, radon slash lie detector, sphygmo manometer, and it's even got turn signals. Wow! Hey, Simpson, want to trade belts? Well, not really, because yours is just a piece of extension cord. Hey, dude, he's ragging on your cord. Let me tell you something. 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 Well, let me tell you something. Well, let me tell you something. 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 Let me tell you something, man. Welcome to the latest edition of Let Me Tell You Something. It's a regular discussion episode where your two bickering voices of differing generations, although both showing the wear and tear of age very much more than we were when this first started, will talk about the world of professional wrestling and a particular perspective of a particular area of that milieu for this episode. And by we, I mean your co-host Lorcan Mullen, and with you as always is the Daniel Bryan to my Kane, the Rob Van Dam to my Sabu, the Lay to my Cool, Mr. Simon Cross. Simon, how you doing today, mate? I'm good, I'm good, man. Oh, it's, it's uh, the, the wear and tear. <laughs> it, it's funny you mention wear and tear, because some of the things we talk about and why we've got so many different options to talk about the thing we're talking about today is due in part two, wear and tear. Because, of course, we are talking about what, Lorcan? We're talking about a subject that we've long intended... I think before the show even started, we knew that this would be a topic that we could talk about when it was just supposed to be a specific topic for every episode. Causes such passionate responses and a particular development or change in this area in one of the top promotions in wrestling was the moment that was like, yeah, we, we've probably got enough time. We've spent too much time waiting to talk about this. It's time to talk about it. We are talking about championship belts, by which we mean the belts themselves, although in the mind of Vincent Mann, that means that they're championships. Championship <laughs> is not a noun in that regards, Vince, but... Oh, he started early with the grammar. Oh, God. Yeah, and... Coming from Mr. Tynerly himself, that will be... Uh, there we go. I thought I'd lean into it and get it out of the way. <laughs> a losing battle. As he's imbibing various fluids from different parts of his off-screen to, for my Skype viewing that's making this recording. <laughs> Simon, I think it's fair to say that when people think about professional wrestling, after wrestlers and the ring, I think the championship belts are often what people... We'll talk about the most. And they'll even be culturally referenced as well. I remember there was um, Madonna at one point had a bit where she was walking around with what looked like a championship belt. And obviously belts existed before professional wrestling. They were part of the boxing culture. 
And apparently it was more like a sign of defeating someone. It was almost like a conquers thing. Once you beat them, you got their sash, essentially. Yeah. And that's from there, the notion of a belt to signify who is the champion of a weight division. Like a hunter's trophy. Yes. Kind of. Yes. And I was thinking about this. And one thing that really sparked my interest as well as to how important championship belts are to wrestling fans and the wrestling culture in general is... When we went to see wrestling live, there was a noticeable high proportion of people walking around with a championship belt draped over their shoulders. And when you watch WWE shop ads during their uh, pay-per-views or whatever we call them now, before even shirts or anything, it's championship belts and past versions of the belts and present versions of the belts. And it's like the belts are the number one... I'm guessing they can't be the number one selling item. Because of how expensive they are. But my guess is because of how expensive they are, they might be one of the biggest revenue generators for them. And there might be a very nice profit margin from a championship belt as compared to a t-shirt. I mean, as a kid growing up, my dream was to have a wrestling belt. I remember in our living room, the curtain holder was sort of shaped like a belt. It even had, it was like flat on one level and, and then above it curved. So I was able to pretend it was sort of shaped like the Intercontinental Championship. And so I would drape it over my shoulder. And when me and my brothers would play wrestle, we'd hit each other in the face with it. And it got very damaged very quickly. Because I did. I even like folded it like how a champion doing a promo for the in on the old NWA shows would have it. So it had like dents, yeah, tucked under the arm. Uh, so it, it sort of had like folds in it very quickly. <laughs> Also, how they did belt shots as well, like because they often fold the uh, the flaps in for the belt shots, so they don't have like leather like flailing around and causing undue damage to to the, their opponents. So, were belts important to you fairly early on, Simon? And why do you think they are so popular? They were because that's what it's all about at the end of the day, and like they are these like there there is a magpie nature to all humans. And they are very entrancing belts, aren't they? Obviously, they're designed to be prestigious. They're designed to be shiny, to be like, oh, my God, I want that. Like, oh, and everything that goes with it. But I want that, the object. The object looks cool. So, yeah, as a kid, loved them. Loved them. I didn't have one. When I was around various people's houses, I tried on as many different of, like, the the basic level toy ones. Yeah, well, that was all that there were available until about 1999, I want to say. There were just the foam toy ones, sized for a child as well. So you saw them around. And then actually when it was the Attitude Era, there were some nicer plastic ones. I think my brother might have had one, actually, thinking back on it. I think we had a smoking skull belt. But it was still not proportion. It was not a replica of the actual belts. This was a thing you can get for 20 quid. And then I remember it would have been Power Slam magazine. There were suddenly page ads with the championship belts up for sale. And I remember particularly WrestleMania 17, that being the time where you started to see some of the fans in the crowd with the belts. Yeah. Making sure to... Because it was always one of the things I've said has driven me crazy when you watch some of the old stuff from WrestleMania 17, especially the TLC match. You got these six, well, nine people coming out there and screwing their bodies up badly. And then every time it was on a hard cam shot... There was always one or two guys you could see in the crowd that were just looking at themselves in the hard cam, 
lifting up the belts. Like, literally, like, when the the infamous edge spear spot from the top of the ladder whilst Jeff Hardy's holding on for dear life on with the belts. Always one of the first things I see is one guy just standing up and holding. I think it was the big gold belt. And not caring to look at what was going on in the ring. The fact that Edge nearly broke his neck and Jeff Hardy nearly broke his back. But it did show how much people wanted those belts. And another story I love to tell, and this was part of my, literally part of my comedy show. Ah, yes, I know what's coming. Here we go, here we go. So (laughs) I won't give the final setup to the, well, I'll give the punchline, but not what it then segues into. Oh, Jesus Christ, don't. Was we, I couldn't do it anyway if I wanted to. Me and a friend of mine went to a WWA show at the Birmingham National Exhibition Centre. That was where one night only, 1997, where Shawn Michaels beat the British Bulldog for the European Championship. Same venue. Wasn't that show we went to, though. It was a WWA show. It was that show that bridged the gap between WWF, uh, WCW ending and TNA and everything else starting. And we got there very early. Because we didn't have anything to do. We were very sad losers. And so there was sort of a hangout area where people would go. And one guy that was there, in hindsight we shouldn't have been in awe of him because he was there on his own, was a guy dressed as Biker Taker. (laughs) And he had with him a replica, like proper, proper replica of the Intercontinental Championship. The mod, the current at that time Intercontinental Championship, so that's the oval-shaped one oh, that yeah. debuted the night after WrestleMania 14 and existed until Dashing Cody Rhodes got rid of it and brought back... A the s- older one. Sort of the older one, but not exactly. We might get not into that more one. as yeah. time goes on. We were just amazed at the sight of that belt. And he knew, and he kind of knew the power that that held. He was a bit, I don't know, he seemed like a bit of a douche in, in as my memory serves me. Very, like, he was, he was trying to pose, and, like, he was a, a man at least at well into his 20s, probably in his 30s, on his own at a wrestling show, and thinking he was cock of the walk. But in fairness to him, him having that belt got a lot of attention so he kind of was there was also yeah. another guy that turned up there at one point and he had the european championship and i remember him telling us that the reason he had the intercontinental title and not the world title was because the waiting list for the world one was just so long and it was more expensive i don't think he said it was more expensive but he said it was would it, it was had to wait so long for the world title or he could just be happy with the intercontinental title and as you know, in my show, that segues into me saying that the reason I was so furious about him was that The Undertaker, who he was dressed up as, never ever won the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> so that was a walking historical inaccuracy. But it was curious. that I remember seeing kids like asking to... And he, to be fair to him, he let them hold the belt and they would get a photo posing with it. And I think the WWE knows this now, so that's why... The, the the belts are front and center of their advertising campaigns. And I mean, when I saw my mate buy one uh, at WrestleMania, it was like three hundred dollars he paid back in twenty sixteen for a relatively good one. I I don't think it's like the best one they could put out. I think it's like it's obviously not foam or anything like. That. It's really nice. It's really it's, it feels heavy. Like I've held it. I've worn it. It's 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 a nice novelty. Personally, I wouldn't have paid that for it, but no, paid that for it. But it's a case of if I had the disposable income to afford them, I get them. Well, I wouldn't get a lot of them. I've seen this one photo floating around Reddit, and I saved it. And sh- I might have saved, shared it to you. And it's a guy's garden 
just littered, littered, maybe not the nice way of doing it, but just so many championship belts. It was insane. And Sai so sent me a challenge, and I think I was able to, my, my other friend Simon sent me a challenge, and I think I was able to name like 99% of the belts. So who's a true winner here? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't a house that looked incredible. Look, basically, it feels like if you paid full price for all those belts, he could have owned a bigger house based yeah. on what it seemed to be presented in front of me. But I can, uh, you know, I can see the appeal. I think if money weren't an option, there are certain things I would blow money on. I blow money on lots of musical instruments. I blow money on a fancy entertainment system. I blow money on a pool table, like more than one sports table, pro pool table, snooker table. Get a really fancy poker table. Oh, I could see you with a snooker table. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't play it, but you know, I do love snooker. But I've never known. Well, that's how that's, that's how you learn, though, having access to a table. <laughs> And all of those things. See, that says a lot about who we are as people. Because I was immediately thinking, oh, pool table. And then the next sports table in my head was air hockey. So. Yeah, air hockey's okay. I don't, I don't have. Yeah, that feel, I'm, I'm happy just to play that at the. When I play at the arcades, I'm not like God. I wish I had one of these in my bed in my house. But yeah. If I go to a bar or a pool hall or a snooker club and I'm playing snooker or pool, I am like, I wish I had one of these in my house so I could just play this all mm. day long if I felt like it. And, and I would probably buy a few championship belts. I don't know what I'd do with them, though, because I was like, I don't know how comfortable I feel walking around with them in public, uh, even at a live event. So then it is kind of, what is the point? Is the point just to hold it and look, pose in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a nice ornament to have. It is, I think. it is. I mean, the people that take them to live events, like your IC title Undertaker guy, they know what they're doing. But the trouble is now, that's so diluted. Like, your guy stood out. There'd be, like, five of those. Yeah, in fairness to them as well, I, another reason I can I can give for owning a championship belt beyond just having it would be if you could get it signed by someone who was maybe a great champion. So if I had the replica of like the Winged Eagle WWF Championship, I'd probably try and get Bret Hart to sign it. Uh, I was going to say Austin, but yeah, for you it would be Bret first, wouldn't it? Well, Austin, I think you'd want him to sign a Smoking Skull belt. or I mean, he held the Winged Eagle belt, the classic Winged Eagle belt, for literally a day. And then, like I said, the next night after WrestleMania 14, like The Rock had the new IC belt, he was given the new World belt. And that's something we can get to as well. When belts are redesigned, when an old belt is replaced, part of me is always a little bit... I have mixed emotions about it. I got very mixed emotions when Ring of Honor first changed the design of their world title because I loved the idea of the lineage of one championship being symbolized by them all holding the same championship Mm. belt design. I really like that as a concept. But I also get that promotions evolve over time and fashions and designs change over time. So you might want to reflect that this is a new period for the promotion. And that ultimately, there's still the same lineage of the championship. It's just symbolized by a different belt. I mean, even UFC have done that with their changing of the championship belt designs. Yeah. Where do you stand? Do you, do, would you prefer it was like one design that could last? That, like, would you like AEW's world title and tag team titles to stay the same for like 10 20 years or would you be okay with them changing it like every five to seven years would you have a preference between one of the two personally 
Uh, out of so like taking AEW as a quick snapshot, yes to those staying the same, but that women's title needs changing. It's awful. It's awful. So therefore, it's the logic of if it's an ugly belt design, then it needs to be changed. Yeah, like Nyla Rose literally couldn't wear it, and at that point, it's like they can play that into storyline though. Like Yokozuna could never wear the WWF Championship. Yeah, but and when Andre the Giant challenged Hogan for the belt, they had them design a new belt that would fit Andre the Giant. Like, they had a mm. point of... That was part of the contract negotiations. Andre the Giant is shown and holds that belt. So those people were like, well, they've got to have Andre win. Otherwise, why would they bother making a new belt? What a waste of money that would be. Nice red herring, though. <laughs> it is. Sweet red herring money. That's funny as well, that Hulk Hogan, during his four-year reign as WWF champion, went through at least three different belt designs, I can remember. I think I want to say four, because he first had the weird big green one yeah with, like the side plates were huge and multiple <laughs> that was his first one i think he had one between that one and the classic one that andre had a, a, a larger scale version it kind of looked like the wcw television championship almost but gold plated mm. and that's the television title of the early 90s not the late 90s so that's the one that's one that was worn by Guys like Stunning Steve Austin and Ricky Steamboat rather than the one that was worn by Booker T uh, and that Hacksaw Jim Duggan found in a bin. What? <laughs> yeah, we don't need to go into that. And then finally, just when he lost the championship to Andre the Giants, I think that might have been the first night that the Winged Eagle belt was, was shown on TV as well. And so that one had a light... So that's funny, actually. So then if we look at that, if we look at the Winged Eagles, the first of the classic championship belts that... So that lifespan was 88 to 98, almost exactly 10 years. Just yeah. over 10 years. Then we had the enlarged winged eagle, which I loved, but lot, not a lot of people do talk about. It seems like there's a lot more affection for the one that followed that, the undisputed championship belt. But I really like that larger scale belt. That was the one, as I was properly plugging into wrestling, that was my belt. And that was from day after WrestleMania 14 through to just after WrestleMania 18. So that one literally only had just over four years existence. And whilst Austin was champion in 98, for a long time you wouldn't even see it on screen because Austin had his Smoking Skull uh, championship belt. So that one lasted four years. Then we got the Undisputed Championship, so that then became just the WWE Championship. I think the most some of the most iconic images of that is like Brock... Having it draped, Kurt, Eddie, yeah, and so that one only lasted from two thousand and two to two thousand and five. So that was an even shorter legacy. Then is when things start to get contentious. Hmm. Because then we get John Cena getting the equivalent of the Smoking Skull belt, but that also being the belt that everyone else had to wear. They did the opposite of that with his US title. They, they handled that brilliantly. He had a spinner US title. Orlando Jordan got hold of it. And they blew up the old one. Perfect. And it made sense within the storyline as well. Like, it... And I don't think there was a lot of uproar about John Cena's US belt. Pe most people thought it was pretty cool. And it was a great way of signifying a uniqueness to him. And just the fact that it spun was a novelty. But then, what bothered people... And it was so indicative of the sense that everyone was so fed up of Cena wins lol as the culture. And that was 
symbolised by that belt. The fact that it didn't change. The fact that it didn't change hands. Even when John Cena was on a different brand and wrestling for the World Heavyweight title, which was all about holding on to that one design because oh, of the God, history yeah. behind that, it was still the gaudy, blinged up. Yeah. It spin. The only thing that they, the only concession they made was they had it be, the, the WWE logo be stationary. Because I remember back when he was, I remember an awful SmackDown I went to, where it had a John Cena, Alberto Del Rio arm wrestling match, because it was when Del Rio had cashed in on Cena or something like that. And it was, he was just before he went and got it back the following month. And oh God. That was for the World Heavyweight. It wasn't for the WWE. So that one lasts from WrestleMania 21 to WrestleMania just... So just after WrestleMania 21 to just before WrestleMania 29 because CM Punk had to hold that belt for the entirety of his 434-day reign. Just after WrestleMania 29? No, just before because The Rock beats him for the belt. And then it's The Rock that gets to debut the different design. But just after 28 then, because he debuts it the night on the Raw after. No, no, because CM Punk loses it to Rock at the Royal Rumble before WrestleMania 29. And then... Oh, yeah, yes, yes, no, because he does it the next night, yeah. Are you ever going to learn <laughs> to not I... dispute my... No, no, I got my dates wrong, it's fine. Let's always remember who is the bigger loser out of us. And ironically, that's the one that always wins at wrestling trivia. <laughs> Never forget the life that you've managed to lead compared to mine. Well, in fairness, I was just following up to me. I, I set you up there. So, so just before WrestleMania 29, and that belt is gone by the time Brock Lesnar wins it's, both it's so, belts. And so it's the contempt in that, because there's one line I do remember from that. He's holding it up like he hates it the rock and he's like the world title should not spin and that's one of the loudest reactions to a rock line i've ever heard <laughs> the thing is i think it's really insulting to cm punk though because he'd said it for ages as well like, i think as soon as he won i think just before he won it i think he said one of the first things i'm going to do is get rid of that ugly looking belt just made him look like a dweeb when he didn't also was the start of was the notion of the championship belt as much as a brand thing. Because then when The Rock gets it, all it is is just a big W. It's the start of it being a logo in front of a leather background. That it's not an entire gold plate at the centre. It's a WWE logo. At first with the champion underneath it. But now that's not even there, is it? It's just... Uh, maybe there's something on the on the sort of surrounding... It's the side plates that do the work now. Well, that, yeah, that's the side plate. Well, that's more for the name tag thing. Yeah. And I was... But yeah, my, my point is on the main two now, there's not even a uh, name plate now, which is bizarre. Why have a belt? That belt that The Rock debuted literally didn't even last two years, did it? Because Brock Lesnar wins the Undisputed Championship from John Cena at SummerSlam 2013. Mm-hmm. But it's two separate titles, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is two separate titles. And he says, I'm not walking around with two belts. I remember this was at the time where they were trying to do loads of TMZ stuff with them. Yeah. So they just happened to see Brock Lesnar eating the nights of that SummerSlam uh, coming out of the restaurant and not biting their heads off for merely approaching him. So obviously there was something set up in advance for that. And he says, I'm not walking around with two belts. So I think that was when they merged them together and gave him a new design. And that was 
well, the WWE Championship was. And then when the Universal Championship comes around, it literally just becomes the men's and the women's belts. Do you remember the response to that unveiling? I mean, it threw Mick Foley off a little bit, didn't it? Oh, no, that was the 24-7 belt. So Mick Foley, unfortunately, uh, had that happen twice. But the thing is, though, like, as much as you hate the design of the belt, you, you end up hating wrestling fans even more because of their behaviour after the signing, after the... <laughs> <laughs> the unveiling of the belts. I think the problem was that the shade of red was quite ugly. Yeah. And I think since they switched it to SmackDown and it got turned blue, I don't hear any real complaints about it because the blue looks better. I think if it had been more of a crimson red, more than the light shading of red that it was, that would have been less of a problem. It was like a halfway house red. It wasn't like light red, but it wasn't like super dark red. It was like red. Yeah. <laughs> it was like just, just red. The dictionary definition of red. <laughs> like, you can't call it crimson or anything. And I remember, like, well, Daniel Bryan taking the uh, the mick out of the name as well. Oh, we're yes. going to have a Galaxy title on SmackDown and blah, blah, blah. That was the other problem as well, of course. Again, that was, like, branding as well. Universal, the WWE Universe. It's not that they can just be fans. They're, they've got to be the universe. And when they have wrestlers refer to it. I mean, look, that's that's a term has lasted since the days of Hulkamaniacs, so it's yeah. nothing new. I think it's just more that it's not even attached to one character, it's attached to a corporate brand. Mm. It's not something I particularly want to be part of a corporate brand particularly. When we went to that lot when we went to that show, I would not have said I would have appreciated the someone pointing to me and going, Look at the WWE universe out there. You're going, eh. <laughs> no, I don't be associated with these nerds. I'm like uh, yeah. I'm an agnostic at best, mate. <laughs> uh, you didn't use the term nerd, but you did use it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to be associated with some of the people in that crowd. Not necessarily. Um, do you find with the secondary titles, they've got steadily worse in recent years? Some have, some haven't. I think that's where they're, they're allowed a bit more... Well, that's now where they're going to go with a bit more creativity, I suppose insofar as it allows them it's not just a branding exercise they can actually do something so the new intercontinental title design we've got i know you hate it i despise it but i honestly think if that belt had replaced the oval belt you no one would have been that bothered people would have probably seen it as a step up but the fact that it's replacing the quote-unquote classic look which again Mm -hmm. it's not exactly one thing that i don't know if it bothered me it's nothing to get particularly worked up about but I was always curious by the fact that they had the Intercontinental Belt when they brought back the classic design. Was that they kept it with the white leather strap. As opposed to the classic Intercontinental Championship was nearly always black. Black leather yeah, that's, behind it. Yeah, White, I remember Triple H had it for a while as white and so did Mark Merrow in 96. But then after that it was always black. I don't know if the Ultimate Warrior had it white for a while. Because that was the sort of thing he would do. When he was WWE Championship, he had. Did Honky Tonk two... Man have it white? No, I don't. Because it would have matched so. the jumpsuit, wouldn't it? No, but one thing that they did have back in those days, the first version of that Intercontinental Championship design. So eighty-six to ninety-eight was really the lifetime of that belt, but it had some slight changes. If you look at the Randy Savage Honky Tonk Man era of the Intercontinental Championship, the WWF logo on it was red as opposed to gold, so it stood out visually. I think by the time the Ultimate Warrior won it from Honky Tonk Man, it had changed to gold. And so it was kept like that. And that's the question of what the Intercontinental, what the Championship Belt's purposes are supposed to be. Is it supposed to just be an attractive gold design? 
or should there be some factor in of what the championship represents? So with the world championship, it was global. Yeah. And so that's why the people like the winged eagle, because it was a wing it was an eagle uh, behind a globe. And so the the design of the championship belt itself for the winged eagle and then the subsequent uh attitude era rescale larger scale version of it was a globe. One of the most subtle versions of that that I loved was the old NXT tag team titles where one was shaded black and hot, black and silver one way and the other the opposite way. So there's that yin yang thing. Not silver. Going on. It's the one of the revival because they changed all their titles at the same time, I think partially due to un- some unfortunate outside circumstances. It was very often the upgrading of championship belts also includes an increase in size. And really what kicked off the notion that we need to talk about this more sooner than rather than later was the fact that we've had now a championship belt redesign that has actually scaled down the size of the belt Mm. at a time when the belt is, in theory, a newer, more prestigious upgrade of the belts. So what was it that really kicked all this off, Simon? (laughs) It's the change of the IWGP World Heavyweight title to... What's the official title of it now? Well, it always was the... You you keep screwing up on this because you would always call it... Whenever we would do the five-star projects and everything, you would always say World Heavyweight. And I have to try and edit out you saying World because it was always just called the Heavyweight Heavyweight. Championship. My bad. That was what it was always called. But now that it merged with the Intercontinental Belt, they rebranded it the World Heavyweight Championship. Now it's the World Heavyweight Championship. But before then, it had only been called the Heavyweight Championship. Isn't that weird, though? I think that's a WWE-ism that's just stood in my brain. It's like, oh, they would have they would have said World because it's their top one. Well, it's funny that, because sometimes they would refer to the, them as the World Heavyweight Champion, and sometimes they wouldn't. When Hulk Hogan first had the belt, he was called the World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, I think during all the Bruno Sammartino era, they would have been called the Heavyweight Champ or the World Heavyweight Champ. I never... Example of that is after Rey Mysterio's WrestleMania win, they dropped heavyweight from that belt for his reign, for obvious reasons. Well, yeah, well, that was the funny thing, I suppose. But also, Vince has his weird things where he goes back and forwards. And so then when the two belts got split up, then it became just known as the WWE Championship, and then the other one was the World Heavyweight Championship. And then when they got unified, it was the WWE World Heavyweight Championship for a while. And like we say now, I guess they're just called, again, it's referred to as WWE Champ and the Universal, Universal Champ. Champ. That's that's how they call them, yeah. Mm. And best of a bad situation, I suppose, because they just couldn't go back to the world. They didn't want to go back to the big gold belt. It's a shame. Big gold's a good-looking son of a gun. Well, let's not get into that yet. Let's go back to the IWGP title. But, but you know, I, I, I was just saying it's kind of like the whole problem with the IC belt, because that had come back and then they mm. merged. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's that historic thing we had back, and that's gone again now. Yeah. So we've got the World Heavyweight Championship now with New Japan. And the vitriol of its unveiling was swift and harsh. And I really think it was because of that first initial photo that made it look quite small and unimpressive. It did look weird. Because, because of the angle it was being filmed at as well. It was shot it's funny. From like down they were looking down yeah yeah so then when we finally saw Kota Ibushi with it over his shoulder and we saw Will Ospreay with it over his shoulder it's actually not that much smaller than 
the original belt, but the original belt was fucking huge. And that was one of the things we were thinking with the redesign of this belt, because we were like, well, it can't get any bigger. Then it gets ridiculous. <laughs> it just comes out with a Stanley Cup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the funny thing. You've got to get the right size for it. And what is an appropriate size for a belt? Is there a... As much as I hated the new design of the Intercontinental Championship in 98, I could understand the logic of them making sure that it was a significantly smaller looking belt to the world belt. So whilst the WWF title, the world title, was enlarged, the Intercontinental belt was slightly shrunk down. The oval design meant that it was sort of a consistent size across... Uh, It was more like a stereotypical actual belt. Yeah, well... Yeah, it's in like a, a clothing belt. Like when yeah, you wear, yeah, 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 yeah. Are yeah. you going to say like, because obviously with boxing belts and everything, it's always the centre plate is larger, but it's it's its diameters are high, you know, it's larger in, in its height. They do a thing where it's like the bigger the title, like the bigger prestige the title, the bigger the centre plate. Because like British titles are, are typically just a uniform sh- like size well, throughout. this is where we've got to go into right now. Boxing titles are hideous. I've never seen a good-looking boxing belt. Yeah. They look awful. And they've also kept the designs of them for, for decades. Do you think that's because it's a because it's for the prestige thing and like not because Well, I do think it's something where they like the idea of everyone wearing the same belt design, especially yeah. with WBC and I think again it's a branding thing. WBC belts all look the same. The UFC belts all were literally it's the same design. Every yeah. champion has the same same size as well. I think I don't uh, even the women's belts. I don't think have been made smaller for the women compared to the men. But what is also significant, I think, was that if you look at a UFC championship belt and you were to say where did they model their designs on based on other belts, you go wrestling before mm. you go boxing. Dana White loves taking like he he. he... He looked at wrestling, he looked at boxing, and I think he is stealing bits from both and not trying to make a better thing. How can we get the sport of boxing with the presentation of wrestling? Yeah. Essentially. And championship belts are part of the presentation. I think a promotion feels like its belt needs to look good for it to feel legitimate, really. And there's very few belts, I think, over time that I would say are out and out ugly outside of maybe the fashions of the time there's some weird looking belts from the 70s and 80s i think there's a mid-atlantic television championship belt that is the most ridiculously sized belt i think i've ever seen in my life i'll do a google search whilst we're talking see if it's the one i'm thinking of so how do you stand now on the iwgp belt given it some time i think it's again a case of like with the Intercontinental Belt. If that belt, if this belt that we'd seen now have replaced the third belt and the crown belts, because this is the fifth incarnation now of the IWGP heavyweight title, but the third version got taken away from them and then they went back to the, the crown version when Brock Lesnar left the promotion. If this was the fourth belt, I think people wouldn't have any problem with it at all. And it would have continued, the, because that was the thing when I noticed it had the crown. It's like, oh, they've taken that from the second belt. And the whole concept of it was that it was meant to represent all of the four previous heavyweight belts. And also to symbolize the intercontinental belt and the side plates. But it almost feels like maybe it's a camel, you know, a horse drawn by committee. But again, I don't think, I like, if you're going to give these belts out of tens, like, maybe you would say the old IWGP heavyweight belt was like a ten out of ten, a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten. And this is like a seven. Yeah, like, sometimes, even though 
you want to change something and keep it fresh, it's going to be a downgrade. It's like it's like a, a dip, like when a football team needs refreshing. To go back to your Ring of Honor point, say they, I mean, they could obviously like change it up and like keep the same, like they do with the FA Cup. Like the FA Cup design stays the same, but every now and again they put a fresh cup out there, usually because someone's dropped it or drank too much champagne out of it. Or I think in like Aston Villa's case, even it got nicked, didn't it, <laughs> from a uh, jeweler's. But because all your content is out there now, and I think the internet plays a factor in the shortening of shelf life of belts. Im- like images from a few years ago look a lot older than images from a few years ago looked in the 80s and early 90s. So I think we're going to see a faster... Pe- like We're not going to see a lengthening now of belt shelf lives in wrestling. It's going to get shorter and shorter. I, whilst I to go back to to the question, to, whilst I don't like the IWGP title because I realise that it's probably not going to be around for long, long periods of time. Japan will probably book the trend there. I probably will be wrong, but just on ge- my general thinking, I've made my peace with it. It's fine. So I found the belt that you want to do a Google search for now. It's the Mid South North American Championship belts. So whilst you're searching for that, I think. The key thing is it's now, especially with the WWE, it's a merchandising thing. I think that we'll see belt designs, redesigns come from them. I think there'll be a new belt design of some description every two years at a minimum. So that it can be something that someone new can buy. Yeah, just going to interject. I've, I've, I've sourced the image. That's awful. Yeah. So bigger doesn't necessarily mean better. And so if you want to look up mid-atlantic north american championship belt you'll see what i mean so i guess there are certain rules isn't there that we we should adhere to the the world title the main singles title should be the biggest belt yeah and should be the best looking belt and also where do you stand on gold silver bronze because we have wcw used to have a few silver belts ring of honor's belts were entirely silver for the longest time Mm. i think it was when they did the world title redesign one or two that they brought in gold to it because i remember there was a great gag when the embassy were doing as a storyline where they were going after the championship belts of ring of honor after they got into a feud with a generation next it was the end of that feud and alex shelley who was part of the and they were saying oh jimmy rave's gonna challenge for this belt and this uh, and alex shelley says yeah i dyed my hair gold to represent the goal that we're going after <laughs> and jimmy rave says but ring of honor belts are silver and alex goes People make mistakes, Jimmy. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) But bronze was introduced, I guess, to one of the least popular belt redesigns ever, which was when the unified tag team championships... Are the pennies! The copper pennies. But this is also another thing where they're going down some sort of thematic route with the belt. Now you see with the United States title, before it was... You know, it was predominantly in the in WCW in WWE's version of it, a red and white and blue flag, and that's got to be one of the longest lasting championship belts ever because they only just redesigned that. Orlando blew up Cena's spinner in I want to say oh four. The spinner belt was like a nine month aberration to it. Yes, yeah. but other than that, that belt design lasted from Eddie Guerrero through to Bobby Lashley, I think. With John Cena's brief interruption of it, very early on in its existence, actually, the oh, so even if you took it from the moment Orlando uh, 
Jordan and JBL blew it up and brought back the old design, that belt lasted 15 years? That's an insane run for a championship belt, really. Uh, the, the tag team titles lasted fairly close to that run as well. From, again, from about 88, I think, maybe. No, no, before then, actually, because the British Bulldogs held it. So that would have been from 86, at least. Again, like the Intercontinental title. And that one went beyond the Attitude Era reboot. And it wasn't until the roster split, I think. So that would have gone from 86 to 2002. So that also had a 16-year run. But within it, it would have redesigns. It's funny when you look at it. Like, if you look at the belt that the British Bulldogs are holding... And compared to the belts that Demolition, the Heart Foundation, the Legion of Doom are wearing. And then you compare it to the belts that Money Inc. wore when they first had it. Sometimes like, so the general design would be the same, but they would change the colour scheme slightly. Like the first World Tag Team titles that the Bulldogs and Dream Team would have had looked a bit more silvery. And then it was more gold. When Money Inc. held the title, the globe part of the design had blue as opposed to red it was a weird different kind of color to mm. it. So it would get changed up and, and, and fixed up over time. But the general design of it remains the same. And it's funny when you see little homages to it. And that was one thing I wanted to say. When championship belt designs turn up in almost other promotions. Because when ECW were going in 97, 98, 96 to 98, they redesigned their world television title to look almost exactly the same as the Winged Eagle WWF Championship. And the tag team titles were basically silver versions of the classic Intercontinental Championship belts. Which always felt a bit minor league to me. It was like trying to make an implication that their secondary singles titles as important as the WWF's main singles title because of the same size and design. And I think it was just everyone loves the Intercontinental title design, so let's just go with that for yeah. the tag team titles. So then you had a long time where Rob Van Dam was walking around with essentially uh, the knockoff versions of the WWF <laughs> World and Intercontinental titles. But what do you think of that, like knockoffs? And, and again, like when Ring of Honor changed their tag team titles, I remember at one point the World logo on it was the same as the classic tag team titles. I think it's a difficult one because on one hand, you have to be individual. But on the other hand, how much can you reinvent the wheel? It's the yeah. same problem independent promotions have with battle battle royals like how do we make a different battle royal i think it'd be an homage to the past as well like the ring of honor world title the first design i didn't realize until i saw footage of it is extremely similar to the uwf championship belt the dr death steve williams i don't um, think that was an accident no 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 i don't think it's his either i think it was just gabe spolsky's like i like that belt design not necessarily everyone knew that much about UWF, so... And maybe it was, like, it's a way of getting it made quicker, because you can just go to a belt manufacturer, see this, put the Ring of Honor logo on it instead. Yeah. What do you make of the recent swapping of the tag team titles in a segment with the Street Profits and the New Day? Because well, they got swapped over. And brand-specific tag team titles in general, it just... When they did that swapping, it just made both belts feel a bit cheap to me. I think... Well, first of all, I want to say that I think the silver plating of those belts really helped. I don't I don't hear anyone moaning about the design of that belt anymore, which was like the Spartan 300 helmet, which I thought was a funny kind of concept, like taking the notion of a tag team and, and 
signifying it thematically with uh, like an army, an army known for working together as one unit. I think it was just because it was the 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 cut the quality of the metal on the belt belts looked cheap. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because it was bronze and you associate bronze with third place, which is why silver for title belts doesn't quite cut it. Well, I don't know. I don't mind silver. I don't mind silver. I think it can work. Silver for a secondary belt. That's the key thing. I think because I liked the silver version of the WCW Television Championship. Than not not the first one, which was against a red belt, which again just didn't look very nice. But if you look at the one that Steve Austin held after that redesign, I that's so there's like three versions of the television title, and the second one is my favorite one, and that would have been from about ninety one mm-hmm. to ninety three, ninety four. And I think silver works because it's the television title; it's a third, second, third tier belt. Um, you just can't have the main title be a silver one, and the one below be a gold one. So let's get like what's maybe our most controversial opinions. So because you said you've got at least one, so my first one would be: I've never been a big fan of the big gold belt. I think it's an ugly splat of gold oh. on it, and it just you can't make out most of it. I think it got better over time, but I never. I also didn't think much of the side plates, which is just like one gold square. Again, it was like a gold splat. I like that there was a design that you could look at and see for the Winged Eagle belt, and you could get the sense of it being prestigious. I think that the reason people attach so much sentiment to the big gold belt is as much to do with Ric Flair than it is the mm-hmm. gold design itself. I think that the WWF improved upon it, um, but I still... You can't read it. It's gold on gold on gold. You can't see the world title. You can't see the World Heavyweight Championship when you're looking at it. With, with, with the red rubies are a nice touch for that. Yeah, okay. yeah, the rubies are nice. But but I've never been a massive fan of the nameplates, which seem to be something that the big gold belt really popularised. Because I never liked the idea that just when they've won the belt for the first time, you can see someone else's name on it. Like um, Randy Orton's first title win, you can't really use it now because when he raises the title, it's got Stevie Richards' name on it. I don't. I don't have a problem with it, and actually, I do like side plates more. I I like the idea of unique side plates. Again, it it allows a certain amount of individual branding, and again, that's something WWE fucking loves because they could get someone to like get the side plates of a particular champion that they love, and that gives another add-on to it. Daniel Bryan's hemp and wood one. Yes, that was brilliant. I do like. I I think when it can be something that says something about the personality of the champion, I think it's a great way of doing it. Yeah. You had Lance Storm renaming all of the U.S. tight all the championship belts. The Canadian title to the Canadian. So it was the that was brilliant. Heavyweight championship became the Canadian heavyweight championship. The um, the hardcore championship became the Saskatchewan hardcore international title. Also with the hardcore titles, you know how like you mentioned a hard a championship belt should look like the thing that it is. Yes, hardcore hit that on the head. And the twenty four seven, I think that's the problem with the twenty four seven. A, it was green. Green leather doesn't yeah. seem to work with titles. Braun Strowman's one for winning the Greatest Royal Rumble didn't look good either. Two, it's just a clock. Yeah, but it's also such an unimportant belt. It's the it's the roll up stroke uh, advertising partnership title. That's all it is. But the hardcore look of it worked so well, and also the fact that it was an old winged eagle championship belt as well. A lot of people have theorised that it was because there was a storyline when Mister Perfect was challenging Hulk Hogan. They stole Hogan's championship belt, 
And then as the genius was giving an interview, Mr. Perfect was literally smashing it with a hammer. And he said, every time you get a new belt sent to you, I'm going to destroy that belt as well until I'm finally the champion <laughs> and holding it. So, yeah, my, my big thing is the big gob out. And I think it's funny, though, because, like I said, they tried to essentially inherit the prestige of Ric Flair, saying this brand new belt that means nothing must mean something because it's the same belt that Ric Flair was holding. So we're going to claim this lineage from this championship, even though there's no direct line to it. It's just the design. And now when you see the NWA, they went back to the 10 pounds of gold design because it's like that's the belt that Harley Race wore. That's the belt that Jack Briscoe wore. That's the belt that Ric Flair wore. And you want to go even further back. I've already said this in another episode when we were talking about shoot wrestling, shoot style wrestling, when Nobuhiko Takada formed the UWFI. Luthers handed them his original World Heavyweight Championship belt. So when you're saying about how important the size is and everything, I mean, that was a belt that was basically as small as the women's belt as far yeah. as the design goes. But the idea is, this is the Luthers belt. This is the true World Championship belt. I find that as a curious thing. You can either go with trying to make it bigger, blingier, more impressive visually, or you try and go back to the tradition. But then they do that, but then they also bring back the NWA National Championship, which is an ugly center plate United States map on it, which yeah. doesn't look nice at all. But they brought back the old tag team belt design that like the Rock Roll Express and the Andersons would hold. The A, um, speaking of tag titles as well, the AEW's tag, tag team titles, they look good. They remind me of... I can't remember. No, it must be the World Tag Team Championships back in mid naughty SmackDown when they split off and had the World and the WWE separately. Because I always preferred the look of the World. Really? You you preferred the Raw Tag Team? Belts? No, the other way around. The SmackDown ones, the ones that okay. had that were, were like had well, those blue were called on the, them. Those were called the WWE Tag Team Championships, and the ones on Raw were called the World Tag Team. Yeah, Championships. the SmackDown ones are the ones I preferred. Yeah. Well, the funny thing was that was you could see it clearly. Well, that's when you look at championship belts that are also so much just aping an old design because that was essentially bringing back the classic tag team championship belts, but changing enough of it, putting more of a blue tinge on it to to go with the SmackDown look Mm. and just making it different enough that it's not an entire copycat of it. But it is funny when they go for different designs. Like another one that I'm not a huge fan of, but at least I appreciate them for trying it was a version of the television championship that was essentially... Like, if you look at the oval shape of the Intercontinental title from 98 to 2008-ish or wherever... Yeah. Essentially, they turned it upside down, so it was like a vertical oval. Look it up if you want. The uh, It was the one that Jay Lethal wore for a very long time. And... What television title was it? A Ring of Honor television title. It's not the current design, but it's an older version of it. If you if you go Google search, I think it's the fourth image you'll see as you go along. Oh, oh, yeah, no, mm. no, not a fan. Yeah, but I was like, it looks like a shin pad. Yeah, yeah, it does. But then I look at the current ones, and it's just generic championship belt, really. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a very hard needle to thread. Really, it's look. It's it's like theme music. It's easier said than done. Design something that's class and everyone will like. There's going to be difference of opinion. I, I'm 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 not a like jeweler. I can't do it. And then you got 
want some promotions to go down an entirely different path. I mean, progress when they first started, instead of having a championship belt, they had a staff that the singles champion would hold. And, and for the tag team titles, they would hold two halves of a shield. Yeah. Do you think that's like trying to reinvent the wheel too? Claude F. I give them an A for effort and trying something different. I think the problem was the shield again looked a bit too plasticky. Yeah. And it looked too small. The, um, tro- I don't mind trophies for like tournament wins. Hmm. But not for championship titles. I know in New Japan, you get the trophy and the belt, like traditionally, and all Japan and blah, blah, blah. But... Because it's like every championship match is like its own special occasion. Yeah. Essentially. But especially the Andre and the uh, women's WrestleMania Battle Royal. They look awful. (laughs) Well, the women's one, I mean... That's a uterus. (laughs) That is a uterus. It's always funny with the American trophy. So often it's like that big four-quadrant staff thing to make it really tall. Mm. Whereas with England, it's traditionally like some sort of cup or yeah. smaller trophy. Although the Vince Lombardi trophy, that's just like... Yeah, that's very basic. That's almost too basic. I think out of all the trophies, I think the NBA trophy is the nicest one. Uh, I don't mind the World Series trophy, but again, I'm not quite sure what it represents. It's very abstract. Mm. This conversation's gone quite abstract. <laughs> Us? Never. I think this is something that, like, everyone will always have their favourites. Everyone will always have their least favourites. There'll probably be someone out there who loves the 24-7 belts. And and you know what? God love you. You know what the 24-7 belt looks like the most? It looks the most like that weird WWF Championship belt that Hulk Hogan beat the Iron Sheik for. Yeah. It is the same basic green background. Again, this might be a generational thing. I just think Saudi belt because of bronze green Saudi belt. Or... Ferrero Rocher. Don't know why. Do you think all belts should be black leather then? Or do you think there's... No, no. I My dream scenario is... The, the top belts look sort of like classic, but not like old classic. Like, it's hard to straddle this line. So they look traditional, but they don't look like dated traditional. I think with your secondary titles, that's where you go a bit nuts. Yeah. By dated traditional, do you think it can't be too small? Because I think if, say if we'd never seen the winged eagle belt, that had never existed. The WF, say they kept the championship belt that Hogan had in 87, and that had lasted all the way through to 98, and then Austin wins the that belt, and then he gets replaced with the Attitude Era belts. So say we'd never seen the winged eagle belt, and say that was the belt that Bret Hart had unveiled at AEW, and that was the belt that they were going for, Would it? do you think people would have liked it? Because, again, is it as much... I like that belt because that's the belt that Bret Hart wore. The reason that everyone loves the classic Intercontinental belt is because that was the belt that Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon were having so many classic... The base of the best matches in the This WWE is a generational thing because, for me, it's... Uh, obviously, it's the belt that Orton had. The Oval is the belt that Orton had for his McFoley match. It's the belt that I saw RVD in Jericho. You think that's a better design than the classic belts? It's what I grew up with. I think it's like James Do you Bond's. think it's a better design? I like it more. That is that is very controversial. And I knew you'd say that because you grew up with the, the, the one before. Well, maybe this is one of the first ones where it is a generational divide and maybe it's not we're, we're so blinkered by it. But to me, I think that the Intercontinental title of that era is so clear and attractive. And especially when Ray's Ramon won it in the battle after beat Rick Martel for it, because they had obviously got him a brand new version of it. So it's super shiny. It's not been on the road for 200 days. It's not got bait, battered around. You know, it's not like... 
It's not got beer spilt on it and very Yeah, it's not narcotics. got Tetsuya Naito uh, abusing it or anything. <laughs> Just oh, it's like, it I mean, Raven said, like, the ECW titles of, like, the 94-95 era was so, so... I mean, the television titles didn't even have side plates. It might not have... I don't know if it, they couldn't <laughs> afford side plates. Like, what's the what's the appropriate number of side plates for a belt to have as well? Because I never liked... Like I said, one of the reasons why I don't like the gold, big gold belt is I never liked the two single side plates on either side that were just... Like a gold square. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I think one each side is... You think you one have. each side is what you should have for the world belts? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I quite liked it. i tell you what I don't like is the fact that they now are all Velcroed. I think you need the mesh. You need that mesh. And I hope if they sell them, when they sell them, they keep the, the, the buttons. Because, I mean, Sasha Banks has been having a nightmare with it on more than one occasion with the Velcro. Uh, I think it just makes them look cheap. I get why they want it for like ease of travel and usage and taking it off and putting it on, but I just don't think it looks right at all, personally. You know, I always love when Hogan won the WWF title or when he wear it, he'd always put it backwards so that he could like link it up himself and then turn it around and he'd be wearing it. I always love that. I always love people putting the belt on someone else, like. Uh, having them, mm. and, and oftentimes, especially in Japan, that would be a, a very regular thing that the uh, ex champion would put the belts on the new champion to signify a, a passing of the torch, which is ultimately what the belt is supposed to represent. The belt is ultimately, it's not a prop in the way that Vince Russo thinks it is, but I think it is a key element of what makes a sh- promotion feel important. Um, we haven't talked about the AEW belt design actually. Uh, I like the tag belts. I don't mind what they're doing with the women's titles because I think that's them trying to call off of the tradition of what women's belts used to be. And not just making them a man's title, but actually having it maybe look more... Saying it's more appropriately sized is harsh. I think it's definitely too small. But I think the design of itself is fine. I think it just needs to be increased in size a little bit. But I think that's them going down the like the Mildred Burke look of the belts. If it was bigger, maybe I wouldn't hate it conceptually like i do now maybe that's maybe that is the difference like you just make that twice the size like dimensionally i don't know like you know what i mean like twice as wide definitely if you so if you're running a promotion would you rather if that promotion lasted 30 40 years that it was the same belts from before and that sense of lineage that i said can be so important for the NWA world title, they want to make it look like this is the belt that all these other guys wore. Or the All Japan Triple Crown Championship, that they had these three belts. And then when they finally merged them together, they had the center plates and the side plates be recreations of each of those championship belts or, or like, acknowledgements of them. I'd go for an update every 10 to 12 years. And do you think that you should go with a specific look like the UFC do and like Noah did with the GHC titles the GHC belt has always been essentially the same design and the junior heavyweights is a smaller version of it uh, for both the singles and the tag belts and the junior heavyweight title was originally if you look at it the the junior the heavyweights and the intercontinental belts were all variants of the same basic design until the new world heavyweight belt was uh, brought you'd go for like having certain things have to be on it but in terms of like all all around design you give some flexibility because if you're going to change it but keep everything basically the same then what's the point well we've had a bit of a discussion i don't think we've got into any everything really uh, i do I'm, I'm more and more cu- I d- oh here's a quick one do you like the new ufc belts or the previous version because i prefer the previous 
But I can see where they're going for with it being a more clear design, and there's a, there's a thought behind it. And I think, like, for every successful defense they have, like, an extra ruby gets added to the belts. Yeah. Um, like the uh, bat, like the stars above uh, World Cup winning teams is bad. I find that interesting as a concept. And again, I think Dana White again gets the ceremony of it. I love that Dana White, it's nearly always him that puts the belt around who the new or the current the, the champion is after they've got declared one way or the other. Except when it's Anderson Silva in the main event and it's boring him to death. And he gets... He well, throws then a paddy. I think it says something else entirely when it's different to that. Uh, I think it's a very cool concept. Um, I've always said one of the things, like, if I ran a promotion, one of the things I would quite like to have, and it's because when at the time of recording, we've, I've been watching a lot of the snooker. I like that when it's the final, the, the trophy's there at the centrepiece. So I've kind of always wanted there to be like, there would almost be like a championship elevation ceremony, along the not along the lines of the uh, Daniel Bryan love-in. <laughs> not that definitely not that after the hands the belt over to the referee the referee puts it in like a, a case or something that you can see in the hard cam I always thought that'd be a cool idea so that you can do that hard cam shot and you can see them both and you can see the belt that they're fighting for or you do it like the um, the, the championship presentation so you, you know in, in New Japan they do such a great job NXT on the do it well with the lights going down and the belt being held yeah, up yeah. by the I mean, I quite liked when the New Day had the the Kofi belt so that they weren't going to get the hemp belts. I liked it on this, like, pedestal that you could then do... I think that wouldn't be a bad place to put the belt as well, that you can get, like, a shot that shows them fighting and, like, this is what they're fighting. I mean, that was a constant in New Japan as well, in nearly every championship match. At some point or another, there'll be a, uh, a shot of the belt in its place to, for them to say, this is what it's all about. This is what they're fighting for. It's weird that Vince doesn't do like, like put belts on display. Yeah. It's just kind of in the lap of the timekeeper or, or how a Finkel to hand over. I wish the WWE didn't look at championship belts as branding and merchandising opportunities. I think it just being so basic now is too much. I want it to still feel like a prize within a sport. And that doesn't look like a prize within a sport. You know, it looks like a branding opportunity. Just all a bit logo on a on a on a on a, on a bit of leather. It it doesn't feel like a belt. I I completely agree with you. But I also don't mind the men's and the women's belts being the similar design to put this notion that they're of a level pegging, even though the women's belt is a bit smaller. And but I like that they're white belts and the you know when the butterfly was retired, I was there for that, and I I was that's possibly one of the loudest cheers I gave that night because that was trash. That was that was patronising trash. It relates to the term divas, which was like, d- does Vince get the when someone's called a diva, unless it's 19th century opera, it's not seen as a good thing to be? Or, you know, Mariah Carey. If you call Mariah Carey a diva, she'd probably well, be alright. If you call Mariah Carey whatever you want, she won't be able to hear you. You'll be thousands of feet away from her with her entourage surrounding her, which is... Absolutely up to her to have. Uh, I, I, I learned my lesson the third or fourth time. But <laughs> anyway, we were talking about whether we should do an alternative like of the Mount Rushmore of the best belts to the worst belts. And I didn't want to do that. But I will say that, yeah, you're probably right. The Divas Championship is probably the worst design for what it's meant to symbolize and what it truly symbolized at the time what Vince thought women's wrestling should be and what everyone else kind of thought what women's wrestling should be. And, you know, the fact that when NXT started to have their own belts, they made a point of it being the Women's Championship, not the Divas Championship. Mm. Yeah, I I think we've 
talk this into the ground, but I think we could still talk about it for ages. I think this is something that everyone has. Everyone who's passionate about wrestling, this is one thing they will have passionate opinions on, I think. But our most passionate ones are our Mount Rushmore's. And one rule that I set that I think caused great consternation for both of us, to be honest. But I thought I just didn't want to turn into a like an 80s, 90s, or in your case, noughties, loving for whatever we grew up with. <laughs> uh, was that I said that we could only have for our four Mount Rushmore picks each we could only have one from each promotion and NXT counts in the WWE so do you want to go first Simon? I will I will go with my two honourable mentions that could not make the top four due to rule restrictions but I, I do want to give shout outs to one I've already mentioned Daniel Bryan's Wooden Championship just perfect chef's kiss. Fit the gimmick, yeah. looked different, was unusual, class. I'm going to give, and it's rare, I guess, for people to be doing this outside of uh, Volta versus Dragonhoff matches. Um, I'm going to give some props to NXT UK. I really like the NXT UK title. Which a lot of people pointed out was quite like the old pound coin design. Yeah, and that was one that really took in the British heritage of it as well. Yeah, that is a good... That's of, of the recent designs, that might be the best of the... Which is why I felt I had to give yeah. it an honourable mention. To my list. Okay. Not the current version, but the IWGP heavyweight title, the previous incarnation so to the, the current the fourth, one. The fourth version of the belt. Yeah. NWA World Championship, the £10 of gold. Ah, so we're not talking the big gold belts. We're talking no. the... One that Nick Aldis is currently wielding. Correct. Okay. With the maps on it and everything. I always thought yeah. the maps was a bit, like, I don't know. I always thought I, I, I have a cheesy. soft spot for it. <laughs> I, I liked it on the that. European Championship, to be fair. I did like putting the maps on that. That was one of the, that was one of the few times WWE put, except for the United States belt. To uh, paraphrase Maxwell Jacob Friedman, uh, I'm going for Pretty Platinum, the AEW world title. Yes, we didn't go into that, the fact that AEW went with platinum and gold. I thought that was a clever move. Uh, what, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm still not... Because the centre plate's not a million miles off of, in, as far as dimensions to that Ring of Honor television title and also that North American mid-Atlantic <laughs> yeah. mid title. But they, I think they make the strap bigger. It's, yeah. it's an odd shape, but... It, it is an odd shape. It stands out, and it doesn't look naff, in my opinion. But the one WWE undisputed circa 2002, the one that Brock held first. Wow. See, I just... I, I didn't like that one at first. I don't mind it now in hindsight, but... I just loved, I loved the Winged Eagle, and I also loved the follow-up to it, which was just essentially the Winged Eagle, but made bigger. And I quite liked it also when it had the sort of navy blue leather to it as well for the first year or so before they went to black. So, what I'm going with are the classic Intercontinental Championship belt for my WWE pick. I could do honourable mentions for days and days, so I'm just going to go with what I've got. I'm going to. Oh, go I had with... I had way more than two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with the NWA slash WCW World Tag Team Championships of the late '80s to early '90s. So these are the belts that like Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard had. Steiners. The, the Steiners have in that Sting Lex Luger match, and I think that is an inspiration behind the AEW World Tag Team titles mm. as well. I think that's been a, a design in it. 
I like the new version of the TNT title a lot, but I just don't like the TNT logo on it. There's the corporate synergy. If it weren't for that, I, I would have said those like two versions of the TNT title, which obviously one got retired very early for very sad and, and very noble reasons, really. The NWA WCW World Tag Team title. I'm going for the ECW World Heavyweight title from 90, late 98 to the when it was brought back. Uh, before it got turned into the silver belt, which I didn't hate, and I thought that was a clever incorporation of silver to the third brand, essentially. It worked with an ECW. It looked big, it looked impressive, it looked expensive, it looked shiny, but it had the ECW mm. branding, and the, the font was like never. Aggressive. Know, punk aggressive. Scrawled. Yeah, yeah, scrawled thing. So it looked prestigious, but also fitting what ECW was meant to be, more so than the, uh, you know, the rubbish naff cheap ones that they had and then the redesigns with the knockoff wwf belts i thought they they finally got it right with the last try last roll of the dice with that and finally i like simon i think it's just sadness that it's gone but loving it whilst it was there i will go for the classic version for iwgp heavyweight it was so big it was so gold it was so heavy looking and it was at a time it just seemed like the most important belt in the world because it was just the belt that Tanahashi and Okada and Okada and Omega and Tetsuya Naito were defined by and then Tetsuya Naito throwing it up in the air as well was such a great way of using it in the storyline too. I was never a huge fan of the Intercontinents but I'm not a fan of white leather belts and it was just a slightly naffa version of the heavyweight belts mm. I didn't like. So, uh, I didn't mind it. It was a way of making it stand out with the white against the black. And it was such a great use of storylines, which is what these belts ultimately are. I mean, you look at what um, Moose was doing walking around with the old TNA heavyweight championship belt that now is allows Omega to collect two belts to his collection. Because uh-huh. we have the belt collector. Again, just doing what everyone's always fantasized about. You know, like, maybe one of the reasons... Basically, the only reason I would love to own loads of belts is I would love to stand in a mirror with a world with a winged eagle championship belt, which would have been in the list if we'd have left more than one promotion on one shoulder. The Intercontinental Championship belt on the other shoulder. A tag team championship belt around my waist. <laughs> you want to do that uh, Seamus picture, you know, when yes. he's just in his uh, black Guinness pants with all the gold, including his King of the Ring Irish crown as well. What do you think of uh, wrestlers keeping replicas of their belts? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Look at this thing I fake one. <laughs> yeah. Well, ah. it's like, don't clubs who win the Premier League get like a mini yeah. miniaturised version to yeah. keep in the cabinet? Arsenal got a gold one for going unbeaten, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a European Cup replica in the Villa Trophy cabinets. Uh, it's just unfortunately very lonely for the most part. It's got a couple of, couple <laughs> of Coca-Cola cups next to it. And a couple of other ones that were just left there in the rubbish. And literal cups of Coca-Cola. Well, if there are any ladies or gentlemen out there that want to get in touch with us, how can they get in touch with you, Simon? Uh, They can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the main variants of Pepsi. Diet, normal, and max. You're not going for orange or anything like that. Don't ever... No, orange? Oh. Interesting oh, Interesting side note. Coke with Orange bankrupted a news agent near my college. Wow. 
he the, the guy bought so much of it and he was so adamant it was going to work bless him you could tell he had like a literal pallet in the store window and i i think just before it shut down i walked past and they were selling two liters of it for 19p a pop oh dear my name's Lorcan Mullen, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A, as in the A-U or A-G that you find in the periodic table for gold and silver. N is for nickel-plated. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, if you put it at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Get in touch with the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com. LMTYSpod is also our Twitter and Facebook handles. I have a new podcast series that just released its first trailer episode this week uh, so if you would like to subscribe to that that would be great for me too it's called 21st film where myself and a different guest each week will discuss a film that was released 21 years ago so obviously we're starting with the year 2000 i might try and get a crossover episode in the future where myself and simon talk about the classic that is ready to rumble because that was a 2000 release and oh, God, david yeah. arquette holding the big gold belts yeah i'm game i'm i'm game they wanted to inclaim the in legacy of Ric Flair holding that belt. Well, you've got to hold the legacy of David Arquette as well. But anyway. Hey, it, David himself says it was a stupid idea, in all fairness. And if you want to send some money down our way so that we can maybe one day get our own little championship belts, maybe you could get some podcast championship belts, then by all means, go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash lmtyspod. So when we meet you next week, it will either be for Match of the Week... Or it will more likely, given what's happening at the moment in New Japan, that Don Taku be some sort of New Japan match. I mean, we've got a Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi match about to happen that, you know, Dave Meltzer hasn't not given them five stars or more for every episode they've done. So, you know, it seems somewhat inevitable that that might be what we talk about next week. But if we don't talk about that, then what you can expect to hear us for our match of the week is the Briscoe Brothers taking on Shingo Takagi and Naruki Doi for one of the belts that we mentioned in this, or one of the championships we mentioned in this, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship, which is starting a two-parter of Match of the Week, where we take it in turns discussing our favourite match that we saw live, this being my turn to begin with. Liverpool in 2007, and some... Stories about the experience of being around Ring of Honor fans and getting to <laughs> from Liverpool that you got to look forward to. Oh. But there's nothing left to say at this point, except that my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a gold-plated time. Until the next time. And you? What are you up to? Nothing? What are you buying? Stool softener? Uh, no, actually, um, Diet Coke. Don't you look great? That's a snazzy belt. Oh, thank you. Yeah, congrats on your wrestling championship.